Welcome to episode two of the IA Cast. I am Michael Doeys, and I will be talking about several things today, uh, starting with the current Apple news. So Apple has formally announced that they are going to have an event on September 9th, which is going to be next week. Um, they've stated that, uh, well, they haven't stated anything. They just have said um, that we should ask Siri for a hint, and Siri has given us several snarky comments on what uh you know, to expect, which is, you know, that there's something big. Um, you know, the rumors have said that there are going to be new iPhones. There will be, the rumors say new iPads, but I really doubt that will happen until October. But we will see what we get. Uh, the event will be on the 9th. I'm not sure what time, but I'm assuming from 12 to 2 Central. And several things will be announced. I'm not sure if they will bring out Mac uh, OS X El Capitan or if that will be at the October announcement. But we do have several things to look forward to. Um, I will trust that you'll go to other websites like iMore or Apple World Today or the Mac Observer to find out more information on that. Um the nice thing is, is that when all of that comes out, we will have iOS 9, which does have several new voiceover improvements, so that is a good thing. Um, so, not much can be said until iOS 9 is released, so until then we really can't talk about what is and what is not different, but needless to say... They are some cool changes and uh, all that. There are public betas for people to try, but that is um, something that you should try at your own risk and if only be done if you're an early adopter and just like to play with new stuff. It's also recommended that you not install betas on your own uh, production hardware, stuff that you use normally. I know everybody does, but it's not recommended, so just keep that in mind. So needless to say, I will really be keeping track of what goes on next Wednesday on the 9th, and we'll post a lot about it at iaccessibility.net. So if you want to keep track, then tune in there, and after the announcement and after the event goes, uh, goes up, I'll link to it on our website and discuss it on episode three of the IA cast. The next thing I want to talk about is the Apple Watch. Um, the Apple Watch has been out since April, and it is a device that I really enjoy. I like to tell people that it's not something you need, it is something you want. And that's really the truth. It has no official need. You really nobody really needs an Apple Watch. And that's okay. It is a, a device that is for fashion and for use in helping you in your lifestyle. I prefer it because I can do things without having to take my phone out of my pocket, even as a blind user. 
I can just look down at my watch if there's notifications. And if I need to, I can turn on voiceover to do more lengthy reading. I really like the ability to do health and fitness on the watch. That is a very big plus for me as I need that incentive to get on the treadmill or exercise bike and work out. So I really, really enjoy what the watch offers me. Um, I do think that uh, there's no official real need for the watch. It does not solve a problem like the iPhone or the Mac or the iPad tend to do. So if you don't need it, you don't want it, don't buy it. Um, but it does have voiceover, and it, it is an accessible timepiece. So very big plus there. Plus it has force touch, and it has haptic feedback. So all of those things are very big pluses. Um, I would still like to see more apps be accessible. Uh, you know, we've talked about that on iaccessibility.net a few times. But I don't feel that many companies are concerned yet about voiceover accessibility on the watch. They just want to get their watch apps out. And now that watchOS 2 is literally right around the corner, probably the same as iOS 9 next week or the week after, um, developers are going to have to shift the way they build apps. I know I have. An app I built for watchOS 1 will not compile under the second watchOS environment. So that presents a problem for developers and they're going to have to scramble to make their apps work. So I think accessibility is coming, but I think that the product needs to calm down and find its user base before we really see more apps become accessible. Um, the watch is still by far one of my favorite devices because it's so small and you can do so many things with it. Uh, I do workouts on it, keep track of my health and fitness, and have noticed that because I do meet those goals, uh, my health is better and I have more energy and more interested in doing things and just very good experience. And, um, you know, it has you stand 12 hours a day and voiceover works really well with these things. So, uh, I really think that the watch is going to help a lot of folks that use Apple products. And I saw today that Google is making Android Wear accessible now or you know usable with the iPhone and iPad or just iPhone, I'm not sure. But uh, while Google's Android Wear have not been very well used by those in uh, who use Google products, I don't see it becoming a big thing as much as the Apple Watch or Fitbit for iOS users. Um, plus, again, it comes back to if you are a blind user or low vision accessibility, can you use that device and the apps that are on it? So while the Apple Watch has some ways to go on accessibility, another area that... Uh, I think we need to look at more in accessibility is going to be Windows 10. Now, screen readers are saying that Windows 10 is ready to be used by different screen reader products like JAWS or NVDA. 
they're not quite there. And I think that users can use Windows 10, but they're not going to get the full benefits of Windows 10. For example, much of the operating system works with JAWS, however, users cannot use the Edge browser. And that is a shame because that is kind of their new browser, it's supposed to be really nice. Um, and JAWS and Freedom Scientific do say that JAWS 16 is Windows 10 ready. Does it mean does that mean that it has full support? No. But you can use it. However, if you're an early adopter, this is fine. But if you're not, then you may want to wait for JAWS 17. Even NVDA, which has more support for Windows 10, says for people to wait. But I do know that there are the early adopters out there who will inevitably upgrade, and especially if you see that little Git button, Git Windows 10 button, in your Windows 7 or Windows 8 start menu, and you just go and press it. Um, keep in mind that that will reserve your copy. You don't have to install, but um, you, I would just wait. Uh, wait. Waiting will be your best bet right now. In saying that, uh, Windows 10 does have some awesome features. For example, um, Windows 10 has Cortana. And I got to try this out on my own computer, and I really enjoy just working on something or playing a game and just saying, hey, Cortana, and open whatever, or do a certain task, or, you know, whatever you want to tell it. And it's just like having Siri on uh, Windows. It makes it really nice. And if uh, you are a user that is still trying to get the hang of Windows and you're struggling with it and you're just trying to figure things out, Cortana, once you set it up, is a breeze. You could train it to even work better with your voice, which for some is a very good thing. Um, say you don't speak as clearly as others or you don't have a, a voice that is easily recognized by the screen, uh, by the, the uh, recognition software. You can tell Cortana uh, to train your voice and it will recognize what you say for certain words. And will, that will allow Cortana to work better with your computer. Now I do not know and I have not tried to see if Cortana would work without the internet. So probably a good idea to have an internet connection running while using Cortana. Um, Narrator has gotten better on Windows 10. So give it a try if you are an early adopter. You know, give it a try. Let us know at iaccessibility.net what you think. And we'd be very interested to know how you like it. You know, with every version of Windows, Microsoft gets better and better with Narrator. So give it a shot. Uh, because I know some of you guys out there have upgraded early, even though... Uh, accessibility is limited in Windows 10 so spread the word how it's going and um, let us know what you think magnifier even got a big upgrade uh, it has better keyboard uh, and mouse tracking which is a very nice thing that they added that is a feature that I believe was added in Windows 8 but uh, is really improved on in 10 uh, 
Windows 7 and earlier did not have these features and you had to use zoom text to be able to get that. But Magnifier has come a long way as well. In fact, it's my preferred screen magnification on Windows. Uh, I, I really prefer mainstream solutions over um, zooming or zoom text or the others just because if it's there, might as well use it. So we will keep talking in the future about Windows 10 accessibility and I hope that we can finally say for people to move on to this at some point because it is really a great operating system. They've taken the best from 7 and the best from 8 and put them together and it just looks and feels very nice and intuitive and a lot worth more worth using than what people have used before. I know a lot of people didn't like 8 but I thought it was a great OS. It was different and I think that's why I like it because I like different. Uh, but I know several people did not. So maybe it's a good change and everybody will like it. So one of the things that is close to my heart personally that I think needs to be discussed more is gaming. Gaming is a big part of the techie culture and I know a lot of blind people love gaming as well. In fact, the IA cast plans on having several episodes in the future on gaming and have people come talk about what accessible games they play. But I do want to point out accessibility in the mainstream games, which is a really neat thing that we're finally starting to see this. Uh, I play a game called Destiny, and there are parts in this game where for low vision folks you can actually hear where loot drops are in the environment and where things are to pick up which is a really nice thing because I would not be able to see half that stuff Borderlands makes it very easy to see things but I like that Destiny really plays sounds which is a new concept that game developers are using to um, show off the ability to um, use accessibility in games. I know um, a friend of mine named Carlos uh, was able to get accessibility put into uh, Injustice, I believe, where you can hear if you're getting it close to an item that you could pick up, which I think is a really, really cool thing. And I'm glad to see that uh, you know companies are listening. He uh, was interviewed by them, by the company that made Injustice, and um, his interview is apparently archived on their website. And uh, so really cool to see blind people doing cool stuff with gaming. I would like to see more mainstream games be made accessible, and I really believe that it could be done. For instance, I think Minecraft could be made into an accessible game if done correctly. Um, every tile that you look at or interact with has IDs and numbers that a screen reader could learn and the game is made in Java. So I would like to see a project be done to make it to where a, if not completely blind, then somebody low vision with assistance could play the game and eventually where somebody totally blind could use a screen reader or other techniques to play the game. Sound, uh, whatever you would have to use. So I think that would be really cool and this is to go hand-in-hand hand with the myriads and 
of uh, other iOS and Android games that are accessible that let blind people play, like the Blindfold games or uh, Dice World, Trivia Crack, all of those. Although Trivia Crack needs to watch out because they do have a lot of buttons that are inaccessible. And I would like to see those folks make those buttons to be accessible again because it is a really cool game. And if people have to lose out in playing because their buttons aren't accessible, well, that would be very unfortunate for our group of people. Also, if you're a gamer, then sometimes if you have low vision, it really helps to play on a device like the iPad or a huge screen for Xbox. I've always been a big Xbox fan because I love Halo, but I can only play on a big screen. So those are some things to consider, you know, when you're going, if you want to get into gaming. Um, but uh, I personally have to add a gaming piece in because I think that it's a part of uh, modern pop culture these days and blind people should be able to play games as well as anybody else so I really want to see that be uh, worked on more and more through accessibility well one of the things on this podcast that I would like to do is thank some folks out there that make great content and um, to start off I really want to thank uh, the guys over at Blind Bargains for having me on their podcast uh, twice now and I would love to go again and uh, for talking about accessibility and uh, promoting some of our uh, web services and and content that we've provided in the past. Blind Bargains is a great website made by AT Guys and JJ and Joe do the Joe Steinkamp do the uh, podcast the uh, BBQ the Blind Bargains cast. Um, so I really encourage everybody to go check out their podcast. Really, really cool podcast. You'll learn a lot. And another service I really want to recommend folks use, even if you're low vision or blind, is. Uh, lynda.com you know we don't have any sponsors on this podcast yet and uh, I would not ask them to Linda has really helped me learn a lot about programming podcasting all kinds of things and I just like to talk about them Uh, even though they do not specifically do training towards the blind on using screen readers if you get the training you need on using your computer from you know, any number of places, you can take that knowledge and listen to their courses and view their exercise files and continue on in your computer learning journey. Because you'll take the skills that you've learned previously and apply them to the skills that they will teach you as well. You know, they'll teach you programming, uh, all kinds of design, website design, uh, podcasting, everything. Really cool stuff. Um, we get a lot of our news from websites like iMore and uh, 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 podcasts like uh, Tech News Today and, uh, you know, uh, This Week in Tech, Twit. So all of these resources are very good if you want to keep involved in what's going on in the world of tech. And with technology being what it is and how useful it is for the blind, everybody, I really encourage you guys to go check these out 
and I will list a lot of this stuff in our in our uh, episode notes, um, so that you could go check out. And this will all be up this evening, and um, we will have we will share it out to Facebook, Twitter, and everything. Also, uh, you know, iAccessibility is on Twitter at iAccessibility1. We have a Facebook page, so if you'll like it and follow us on Twitter. Um, we'll eventually have a YouTube channel. This podcast is now officially in iTunes. Uh, you know, you can go into your podcast app, even Downcast, and several others will show you the iAcessibility, the IACast. So subscribe to us there in your podcast feed. Um, like us on Facebook and share, share this podcast with everybody if you find it educational. We will be doing this podcast once a week, typically on Mondays. If there are bigger news items during the week, there might be a IA cast episode during the week. However, this podcast will mainly be done on Mondays. So be looking for it Monday evening. If it's too late for you, then Tuesday morning. And we really hope you enjoy listening to it. Our plan is to have other people on to discuss technology and tech news and what's going on and how they use or do not use technology and how it's accessible to them. And this doesn't mean just blind people, folks. This is everybody. Accessibility is a uh, word that means everybody. If you're sighted or blind, what is accessible to you? Can you use it or can you not? So, you know, this isn't just limited to the people that are blind. So we hope everybody, no matter who you are, will listen to this show. Again, thanks every to everybody who listens to the show. I'm Michael Doeys, and thank you for listening to Episode 2 of the IA Cast. <laughs>